Hi, it's Michael Kerr here, presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, I interview a fellow small business owner or an expert, and they share their stories, their lived experiences, the wins and the losses, and their best advice to help you, the listener, get the most you can from your own business. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. And thanks also to Kerr Capital, supporters of the show. Welcome into another edition of Small Business Banter Community Podcast, Community Radio and Podcast. Um, really happy to have in Michael Juragon today. Um, Michael's the founder of Bring Back Australia. So, firstly, great to have you and welcome, Michael. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, great to be here. Um, we're going to uh, just real shortly hand over to you so you can tell us a little bit about um, the reason you've started Bring Back Australia. Um, so um, for to, to set the tone, Bring Back Australia is, is really um, helping current Australian consumers better understand um, what really is Australian made and Australian owned. But, um, Michael, so get to, we'll get to that. Uh, your background is um, interesting and very diverse. You, you, you trained as a fitter internally. You worked in a family uh, family hardware business. You you ran a couple of businesses. So you bring to what you do now a lot of, you know, on-the-ground experience. So can you just give us a couple of minutes on where where you've been and why you're here? Uh, yeah. Uh, I started many years ago. I think my mum sent me to work with my dad when I was about nine because I was a handful and uh, so I spent, you know, the first couple of years learning to drive a forklift in the hardware store and growing up in there. And, at, a, uh, at a pretty young age, eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, OH&S would get me nowadays. but uh, <laughs> sure but, uh, I, I did that and uh, worked weekends and school holidays and even when I did my apprenticeship in Port Augusta, I worked. Dad wouldn't let me not work on weekends and I had to leave the town to get away from working for him. And I came down to uh, Adelaide, worked for Mitsubishi in their press shop, fixing all the presses that steamed out cars and then for Bridgestone doing that. that was, and that was the end of my uh, fitter and turner days. I got sick of getting dirty and thought there's more to life than that. So I uh, went back to the family business and uh, you know, ran half the shop for a while and then went into the IT side of things, doing all our stock control and learning how to, you know, what products to stock and range and all of that. So that sort of came in handy with what I'm doing now. I did that for a while and then came down to Adelaide uh, after doing a holiday for a year. Uh, then uh, did an IT course, went into IT, did software development. And after a number of years, I was stuck sort of doing stuff I didn't like and they ended up that I left that and uh, went and bought a, a sign franchise, ran that for that, sold that, then opened my own sign installation business. So did signage for 15 years and wanted to get into apps and, you know, it wasn't – if I concentrated on the apps, the business went, and if I concentrated on the business, the apps didn't work. So I made the decision to get out of the sign game and uh, – sort of started apps and uh, did a couple of others that I, I tried and uh, ended up putting on hold because we came into this uh, COVID period of life and uh, we all had to sit home on the couch and, and do all of that. And uh, and I was, uh, you know, doing what everybody else was doing, getting frustrated by it. But I got to watching, you know, there was a lot of social media and a lot of, a lot of people, you know, posting stuff on social media saying how they were supporting Australia and from my background working with brands and, and all of that I know what's Australian real Australian like what we own and what's you know what's Australian made but 
you know, run by conglomerates and watching people's social media saying, oh, I'm supporting Australia, and I'm thinking, you're not really. You're supporting all yeah, these foreign Austra- companies. Yeah, it might be Australian-made, but maybe not Australian-owned, yeah. which so is... I thought, yeah. So I thought, well, people, you know, and, you know, I got a bit frustrated by it. I thought, you know, people just don't know. You know, we, we've lost that much now. People don't know what's Australian and what's, you know, what's technically Australian but really, yeah. really it- foreign and uh, thought I could, you know... I sort of got frustrated, and after a while, I thought I can I can do something about this. I, you know, I've done some other stuff, and I know how to, you know, I know well, what I did years ago, and uh, now I know there's a lot more technology, and I'm a bit smarter as well. So, well, and plus thought, you bring <laughs> you bring family business, you bring running your own business, you bring you know training as a, in a trade, learning um, and and educating yourself around IT. So you bring a to it's a it's a, it's a great mix of experience to to get to where you are today and I think that's fundamentally to you know you're on a bit of a mission and and it is mm. to to make transparent that how you sh- I think your tag well I know your tagline is how you shop matters and you're doing um through this what we'll talk about now bring back australia the app you're you're making it transparent and easier for consumers to make more informed choices yeah we've um We've got together and uh, put, you know, we've put together this, the app. The app's a small part of what we're doing, but it's the part the consumer will touch and see. It'll be the most visible part of the, uh, you know, it's really a movement we want to start rather than a business. We want people to get behind and embrace Australian-owned and understand the importance of Australian-owned. You know, if we don't don't own anything, the end of the day, we're, you know, we're just... We're going, to, you know, we're going to be renting everything off the rest of the world because we just let every, you know, we've let that much go offshore, and we've got to put the brakes on and try and stop it at least, or slow it down, then try and stop it, then try and reverse it, you know, because yeah, you, know, you, see, you just the- see, you st- you strongly connect with this sense that you know we that things are disappearing in terms of ownership, uh, you know, and and that, that's going to cause what, – what sort of problems do you see that causing 10 years from now, 20 years, 30 years? Well, I think we don't – we've lost our identity a little bit, you know, the, the things we grew up with and there's no connection, you know. We just shrug our shoulders now when another thing goes offshore. We're that used to it. We're blasé about it. You know, we, we've got to start, you know, being a bit more parochial. We've got to – you know, stand up for ourselves, and I think not, you know, not owning things. You know, we don't want to rent everything. You know, that's mm. but you know, that's the closest analogy you can get to it. At the end of the day, you know, we've we've got to start yeah. having something to call our own, and and we're losing that. We don't we don't have much, and that goes through our whole psyche. We don't we don't invent. You know, we invent things still, but we don't punt on ourselves and say we can do this. We we don't do anything now without looking for a foreign investor. You know, we will come up with the ideas and we've got to get someone else to pay for it or someone else. Or if we do get a good idea, we'll sell it out as quick as we can, take a few bucks and go, well, that that was good, you know. And yeah, it's a, it's a bit chat. of a concern, isn't it, that, you know, things have been so good for so long that, you know, maybe that's part of it, that these great opportunities that have might have stood us in really good ground now, uh, in, in, in a good place now, Talk about you know manufacturing sovereignty. You know having the ability to produce things through the COVID crisis was we were found wanting. So um, yeah, with everything going so swimmingly, driven by commodities and house prices, we've probably you know um, um, moved away from some of that more real you know manufacturing and um, you know doing stuff here that could have um, you know been a maybe a bit more of a longer term game, but. Yeah, it's uh, we've been caught yeah, short. Yeah, we've got a very short-term view of most things. Yeah, and that's that comes from our, you know, our so-called leaders. You know, they they don't they don't have a long game. You know, we see that every year. I mean, we're seeing it now with the election coming up. It's a whole lot of promises, and there's nothing that's really going to make us, you know, improve us over the long term. Yeah. That's that's disappointing, you know. That we we're just looking for the short term fix all the time. The short, you know, short term. Yeah. Uh, you know. Internationally manufactured band aids. 
as yeah. <laughs> to, to pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Um, so, can you tell us about Bring Back Australia and, and what your aim, what it, what it, what it is? I know there's a lot more to it, but what it, what it's going to be in the short term and why you, Michael Juragon, you know, think this is important. Well. People go shopping. Yeah, we all want to support Australian. Uh, you know, it's frustrating. We we only concentrate on Australian made. We keep getting pushed. You know, in 1986, Bob Hawke stood up and announced that you know the Australian made campaign. You know, so obviously there was an issue back there. You know, for them to to be looking to try and fix that then, but that's been our one and only concentration for 36 years. You know, we've we've just been pushed. You know, Australian made, Australian made, Australian made. Now that's important, but at the end of the day, we've seen so many things get offshored. You know, all our brands, all of that have gone. Uh, you know, the majority of them, the major ones, are all owned by you know big multinationals. You know, and we can get into the tax transparency code later and see how much money goes offshore. You know, and how much doesn't go where it should go here, but that's, you know, I don't know if that's a discussion for Dave. No, no, I'm happy, it, to, talk. Like it, it, I'm it, happy to talk about it because it's a big it's a big elephant in the room that, you know, we don't, we don't address and people. We don't have the tax base that we, we, we probably should have. Well, it's getting worse. You know, we've got, you know, we've got a seller of fizzy water. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name. but no, recently don't, don't got, say the name, but, yeah, yeah just but, uh, describe it. Very popular drink in a red can that, uh, you know, most people don't know that was sold off and uh, where we had a good Australian company, you know, which had licences for this product all through Asia and New Zealand and uh, a few other places and paid, you know, two to $300 million a year in tax, you know, has been, you know, it was reported in the paper that they merged with uh, a company in, you know, based in England, but they're not on the stock exchange anymore, and if they merge, they would be. They've been bought up by, you know, a, a big conglomerate out of uh, Europe, and yeah. you know, it'll it'll remain to see over the next couple of years what that tax take that goes into our coffers to pay for schools, roads, and all the health yeah. and all the things we want. And you know, our foreign review board says, "Ah, oh, that's all right. You can have that." You know, it's mm. it's it's. No, there's a, what, what Michael happens. Michael West is an investigative journalist uh, based out of Sydney, and and I think we chatted briefly about this offline. He he publishes this great um, report each year about non-tax paying you know uh, entities in Australia and how much you know they turn over and how little they pay in tax. So it's something that we might put in the notes. But so mm. um, it's part of what you're saying is if if we if we can get um, stuff. Products, services manufactured here, um, owned by Australian companies who are resident here, you see that leading, you know, directly to a more consistent, transparent tax basis? Yeah, well, we've got, uh, you know, anybody that's based here doesn't have mechanisms that are available to them if they're not based here as, you know, their, their tax point, and that's the bone of contention. You look at... You know, simple figures, uh, I think 2019, 2020 tax year, the Tax Transparency Code listed 2019 companies who had combined turnover of $2.23 trillion and the tax take on that $2.23 trillion was just over $50 billion. You know, so it's it's like chicken feed. You know, there's, there's companies... I yeah, can name I, I, that I don't know what the 20... percentage there would be. It's uh, a lot of zeros, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite low as a percentage. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's com- there's companies that you know popular companies that people are going shopping and buying things, you know, who are paying twenty cents company tax in every hundred dollars they bring in the front door. Mm. Yeah, you know, and you don't have to be too good at maths to work out there's something wrong with that. Yeah, like yeah, and and so your your. Um, you know, you, you're on this mission, you know, to 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 make it easier for consumers to to identify what is Australian owned, mm, and yeah. and you know, with those flow on flow on effects. So, is that in terms of 
what the consumer wants. I think there's somewhere you, you talked about. You know, there's a there's a a surge in interest in seeing that happen. Did, did have you accessed some research or or have you done some? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of studies that have been done. You know, and especially over the last couple of years, it's it's got even stronger. That you know, generally, with with most of the studies, there's over ninety percent of people are wanting to support Australian companies and buy Australian brands, uh, but that's a hard thing to do. You know, um, why is it hard? Just, just in a practical sense. Well, you you're sitting there, you're going shopping, you know, packaging. You know, if you if you want to buy something, you know, these companies are aware that people are looking for that, and it's not easy to read the packaging on some. Some items I'm, I'm, you know, getting a bit older now. My eyes aren't that good, you know. But I, you know, I don't want to go shopping and spend uh, searching in Google to find out what company owns a product or anything like that. So, to make it easy, what we've done is we've developed an app uh, that you just scan the barcode. Uh, within a second, the information will pop up on the screen. We'll, you know, give you a photo if it's available. Of the product, so you know you've scanned what it is. We'll give you the barcode, the brand, so you can look and go, right, yeah, that's what I scanned. We'll tell you how much Australian content is uh, in the product. We'll tell you where the product's made. But more importantly, we'll tell you the country of ownership. So, uh, and that the barcode is registered, can be registered here in, you know, it'll have an Australian barcode. And the perception that any barcode starting with 93 means it's Australian, and that's not the case. That's a, a misnomer that everybody sort of started a long time ago. That just means the barcode's registered through the GS1 office here in Australia. Can be owned by China, can be owned by oh, okay. Singapore. So, you know, yeah. so the the barcode will be registered to yeah. a multinational's company. In, you know, they'll have their office in Sydney and register the barcode there. We go one behind that. Behind the scenes, we we link all the uh, prefixes. Uh, they're called to parent companies so where we've got the company that registered the barcode you know we go behind the scenes and say right well that's actually owned by this you know so there's a bit there's a a bit of tech there to make it uh, because labels are small labels can be designed in a way to make them perhaps um influence your thinking wouldn't be so you're just saying that there's a bit of tech that Aside from mm. the numbers, it, a consumer is going to be more easily able to say that is owned by a foreign multinational company, or yep. that is owned by an Australian-owned company, an Australian-based. Pretty much, all within a second, and and we go one further from there, where a cut, where a product scanned behind the scenes, we've got a fairly smart database and getting better all the time. We've got to, still got a little bit of work to do on it, but. If you scan a cow's milk, you know we'll uh, we'll know that you're looking for milk, and we'll know where where you're scanning. You know we we do ask for people to put the location on. So when you scan a milk, if you're scanning full cream milk in uh, you know southeast Queensland, you know the bottom of the screen will tell you you know if it's a foreign owned milk. We'll give you the brands that you should be looking for that are actually you know Australian. Oh, so leave so, pop up. Uh, you know when, it, when it's in production, it'll pop up. Yeah. Um, suggestions of another product. So yeah, yeah, and that that and that will be localized to where you are. So it's no good being in Queensland and being told to buy Fleurieu Peninsula milk, which is only available out in Adelaide. Yeah, so okay. There's there's a whole lot of work we've got to do. Um, yeah, but that's that's all happening at the moment behind the scenes and and coming together. So, so you've um, you've tipped yourself one hundred percent into uh, this this venture. Yeah, I've, so uh, I'm interested I've, for for you. Much, you've yeah. had various businesses, family, you know, jobs, and now you've just gone one hundred percent into it's a, it's a startup, yeah, or a new it business. It is. It is. It's a uh, what do they call it? A bootstrap, self funded startup. So I've. Uh, been doing this since probably February 2020, so we're you know just ticking over two years of yeah. doing nothing that you know and yeah, so that's that's a story in itself. Um, it's a it's a great story when when you've clearly got you had that uh, moment or a series of moments where you said I got to you know I, I can see some issues and I want to do something about it and um, admire anyone that. Um, 
actually does it. You know? So wh- wh- where's where are you at now with the business? What uh, what stage are you at? What are some of the next steps with buyback? Uh, well, uh, sorry, bring, bring back, yeah, bring back Australia, bring back. We've had that subtle change. We we were heading along. We actually had another name which was very close to this one. And on the off chance, we had a meeting with someone with a a lot more marketing experience than us and a a long history of uh, working with many big brands and big companies who had a look at what we were doing and liked the idea but said our our name was wrong uh, and our colours were wrong. So we've changed from... uh, we don't, you know, we've changed from Buyback Australia, which although probably had the same intention, but the Bring Back Australia is a, probably more summarises what we want to do overall. Yeah. Um, and we, our colours that we chose, you know, were too closely aligned with another platform that is, is more so, concentrated on the made side of things where ours is on the right. own side of things. So we've gone with a bit more modern blue and white to, uh, Look good, uh, you know, a lot more modern and uh, ready yeah. to go. So, yeah, and and look. By, by the way, all, all, to the, today's yeah. edition of Small Business Banter, I'm chatting with Michael Juragon from Bring Back Australia. Sorry, Michael, I I just wanted to. We've gotten into the flow there, and uh, I wanted to get let people know who we're talking with. So you were uh, just yeah you were you've um, you've kind of gone with contemporary uh, branding, and you, you've gone through all of that you know design and um um so where where to uh where to in the short term where to in the long term for uh for the business uh for the short term we want to get to our app's not launched yet we've got an mvp almost ready to launch we've got it on pre-order which is a at the minimum moment. viable product yeah for like a, a that's that's beta. correct yep a little bit more than the minimum. We've got a few mm. features in there, but yeah. uh, overall, it's it's yeah, you know, it's looking good. Uh, we've we've got that sorted. Uh, we've got pre-orders happening at the moment. We're trying to get uh, to the point that we're happy to release the app to some people, and anybody who's on the pre-order will get it. We won't do an official launch till we've probably had a month or six weeks with just the people that have pre-ordered it just to test all our systems and get some feedback and then uh, then we'll be looking for a launch uh, either bef- you know, probably before that launch or just after. We want to do a equity crowdfunding uh, using virtual yep. to bring some funds in and help us take what we've done and uh, launch, you know, launch a bigger platform. Yeah. Uh, and in between now and then, we're we're doing a small raise of around two fifty. We'd like, which will help us prepare for that. So, you know, yeah, we're, okay. we're looking for people who like what we do and understand the scope and the importance of what we're doing. To you know, yeah, look, I, I do I do want to come right back to that the importance of it. Uh, and but so it's. Um, we're going to in the show notes all include a link to the website. So, you, are you if somebody was interested in downloading or or, be, or 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 registering to download the 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 version of the app that comes up? Are you are you welcoming more of that? Or, yeah, there's a link. There's a link on the website. Okay, all uh, right. So, we'll, which says, yeah, just click the download app button and it'll take you to uh, pick whichever uh, store you you know whether it's Apple mm-hmm. or Google. Yeah, okay. And click on that and there's a pre-register there which will, as soon as we put the app up on there, it'll be available. All right, that'll go up on the the notes after. Um, So, yeah, to come back to the importance of what you're doing, do you you want to – it's clearly something that you, you know, are incredibly uh, driven to to deliver on. From a a consumer's – like a – a family member going out to shop from a local Australian business point of view. There's two perspectives there. What, what's what's in it for them, and and why you know why why is it so important that they embrace what you're talking well, about? Well, I think you know for the suppliers and even the retailers. You know we we want to get people 
looking for Australian-owned products. Uh, the importance of that is fairly straightforward. You know, we want companies who who are here, support here, and real, and I mean really support here, not not do the token stuff of, uh, you know, the multinationals. Um, so, yeah, so we're talking about employing people, yeah, training people, um, supporting local communities that they're involved in. And and more importantly, paying that you know paying what they should be paying. I mean, my my view is that when you go shopping, you know, if you buy something, you enter a contract subliminally with that supplier of that product, that a portion of what you've paid goes back to the community to pay for what we should be paying for, you know, for our schools, our roads and that. And where and this is not me just saying, you know, these companies aren't doing it. If you go to the tax transparency code and you see only $50 billion ending up to do that out of $2.2 trillion, there's something going wrong somewhere. You know, there's, you know, there's money going offshore, there's companies, I think there's over a 1,000 that have got a turnover of, you know, in excess of $500 million that don't pay a cent of tax. You know, this is wrong. You know, these these are, you know, predominantly... Yeah, know, it's... it's, it, it, it's um. It's one of those things if you – and I um, I do listen to quite a few uh, uh, podcasts, you know, talking about this stuff. One, um, it's a tax justice network from the UK, you know, track multinationals and and, it, and and even locally the message, you know, is is often, you know, we are doing everything within the, you know, within the guidelines, the tax guidelines. And, <laughs> but it's still it, – it just, you know – for me and for you, it doesn't mean for everybody else. It still doesn't ring true and sit right. Mm. So um, anyway, it, we're not going to, you know, neither of us are tax experts, but um, yeah. I think that, you know, the message is if we, you know, or your message, um, you know, is that, you know, for for if a consumer's, if it make made, made easier for them to say, look, there's a couple of products, one of them is, Owned by a multinational, one of them owns by is owned by a local, owned, presumably local manufactured business. Then you know they, you know their 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 purchasing decisions going to have a bit more impact on the local economy. And you know, we mm. can we can kind of get caught up in all sorts of things. But that's that I, I like that simple kind of argument. And assuming the economics are okay, because things are pretty tight at the moment, and we'll get. I think we'll get tighter and, um, you know, so discretionary spending and where you put your dollars, you know, is um, going to be a bit more challenging perhaps. Hmm. Yeah, I mean there's an argument all the time that Australian products are more expensive but generally the one, the one issue that Australians have is we always try and make a premium product. So, you know, people always say, you know, milk, you know, it's like I drink a, a milk here in, in Adelaide and I happily pay I think it's about five dollars fifty for a two-litre bottle, and I'll happily pay it because I did actually. I was talking to the owner of the company, and it wasn't a good visual that I gave him. But I said one of the simple pleasures I have is that uh, I was, you know, I live alone, and I can come down, get up in the morning, come down. You know, it's not a good picture, but in my underpants, open the fridge, <laughs> crack the crack the top of a two-litre bottle, and drink the two inches of cream off the top. And, and they didn't offer you know, to use that in their marketing. Well, I, I can't see why not. I can't see, you know, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, so when, you, yeah. when you're talking of the price of milk and saying that's always the one people come up with, you know, you're not, you're, you're not talking about the same product. The watery stuff you get at $2.30 or $2.40 you know, from, you know, the big players, mm. or, you know, the big supermarkets is, you know, some white-coloured water. You know, it's not a like-for-like -like product. So we don't compare apples for apples when we, when we we look at Australian products, you've got to look at that, you know. Yeah, you do, and, and then you know, and uh, I think you know, increasingly though, there, there are you know, there's going to be even more trade-offs between, you know, how how you know, as a consumer, I spend my money. But um, that that if um, if we can get more more product manufactured here by companies owned here, you know, we I think we both strongly agree it's just going to be better all around, and and there might be some more. Of a revenue, a tax revenue base to, you know, to, mm. to fund important things, and you know, and, and not the le we we did get found out during the last couple of years of you know of the the depth of some of our manufacturing capability. I mean, 
it's um, we're still going it's coming back it, in you know there there is you know a very real sense and it's been happening for a while it's probably not as um i like what you talked about even some of the less glamorous stuff um you know there's been you know you shorten the supply chain you get um and you can uh have stuff here uh, manufactured, even if it's not the absolute primo product, it's there's there's some money in some of those businesses. So, hmm. yeah, well, our, our app's also going to end up with we're putting a few other things in there as well. So it's not only the Australian owned where uh, we have access to packaging data. So for those people who are cons- cons- uh, concerned about sustainability and you know and you want to know the product you're buying is it got good packaging. Uh, there's some oh, other stuff so, coming as in recy- like properly recyclable or biodegradable yeah. or yeah so right. that information again we rely on the suppliers to upload that to we get the data from the official barcoding platform the gs1 uh, here in australia who have a great platform uh, a lot better than the american we import data from america we get all the company names from america we've got a great interface uh, into all these platforms and we'll we'll probably end up pushing the Americans to give us some more of that data as well. So you know that's that's another one of the things where you know one of my things I'm also doing is I apart from buying Australian and and supporting what we're doing, I, I also want to try and demonstrate what we're what companies should do. So we're actually our our database is actually international. We we have uh, I think we're up to about eight hundred thousand products Australian products that are. From here, yep. we've got 31 million products out of America and America have got a new database which is a central repository to the world. That's got 35-plus countries putting their data onto that. We've got that coming in. So that's another you know, probably 110 million products coming in and we're making this international. Yeah, we're, we're capable of probably turning on Buyback America or bring back America, sorry, and bring back Canada and <laughs> yeah. bring back, you know, so we, we can yeah, so you're export building a, our like technology. A, a scalable business model mm. that, yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, want to go overseas and bring their money back here. You know, <laughs> that's that's what we should be doing. Well, you do get a sense that, that a lot of consumers in in the countries in, in um, America and England and other Western economies and I know them a little bit better than I do some of the other um, economies, but there's a sense of bringing back being uh, manufacturing sovereignty of of being proud of you know products you know made in the in the country, and so mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, I don't think yeah, it's, it's isolated here. No, Australia is not the only one with this problem. I've got friends I talk to in the US, and the yeah, you know, they've got their meat industries are getting picked off by. We saw that the other day. Yeah, you know, there's a company who have bought recently uh, some, you know, some fishing businesses from down in Tasmania who don't have a good name, but we just keep letting these companies come in and, uh, you know, With there's, very there's big a whole boats? lot of. Oh, no, these aren't boats. Oh. These are far, farmed salmon. Oh, down okay. at, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and yep. uh, if you watched, uh, you yep. know, I think it was on. Uh, there was a story on Four Corners the mm. other night. I think it was, mm. or, and it's it's scary what. Our government lets in here from you know. There's no checks and balances done on these companies. It's just come on in. Yeah, You've got a checkbook. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what the process is, but it, yeah, let it, whatever you know. So we, what you're uh, about is um, kind of starting at the other end of the cycle and saying when you buy something, when the app's up and running, um, just yeah. be a bit more. You'd be a bit more informed as to. Um, so it's that you, you're you're moving. A, Access to and moving a lot of data. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of data. There's a yeah, and it's going to grow. Yeah, we'll we'll probably end up with. We're aiming to have the biggest and best product database in the world. So, uh, I've got probably a little bit of ADHD in me, or you know, hmm. what is it? Uh, anal retentive tendencies. Yeah, yeah. So that, you, uh, yeah you want to do things, things properly. Be, yeah, and uh, and like I said, so we're aiming to. You know, we want to top. Over two hundred million products in our database. We want to, you know, it doesn't matter where, you know, and that's important too because products come in from everywhere now. People are importing direct, you know, bypassing distributors and just bringing them in themselves. So we can end up with products on the shelf from anywhere. So we want to have them 
all all sorted. Yeah. So whatever it is, you scan it. We know what it is. Yeah, and we'll tell you: is there an Australian owned equivalent? Do you, do you see um do you see um green shoots as they say of companies you know in your local area where or, or that you're aware of that are uh, starting to get on board and um, you know realize the opportunities that might be there for locally produced stuff. You talked about Fluoro Peninsula Milk, I think it was, but I mean, yeah, well, they they're a great example of what you can do. I mean, they started, I think, their fifteenth birthday. They, they've been advertising that lately. You know, that was a company who weren't getting a good deal from, you know, the bigger milk companies, and years ago, and decided to go out on their own. And they, they, you know, now probably one of the biggest milk uh, distributors in. Is South that a Australia. cooperative? Is that a uh, not sure of the exact structure. Yeah, it's a group know. of farmers who got together. Yeah. It's not. It's not like a Norco or something like that. Yeah, no, it sounds one. like a yeah. you know a, a cooperative kind of structure. But yeah, um, so yeah, no, you know, there's um, you know, there you know, there was some well talked about examples through COVID of um, uh, of coffee machines decided to turn off. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you got to add some of that fluoro. Peninsula milk. Um, yeah, but you know, companies adapting to making hand sanitizer. I mean, it was we, everyone heard about it over and over again? Yeah. But they, you know, they're they're the sort of things that um, you know entrepreneurs uh, see. Well, and and well, well, I think at the moment one of the biggest problems is people aren't prepared to to do it. There's not, you know, they they can't see a competitive advantage of being locally owned and investing their money when they're competing against, you know. People have got carte blanche to do whatever they like, pretty much. So I think the structure of what house how Australia is set up. You know, I, I I go testing our app and I go through the the supermarket. The amount of stuff that New Zealand own, people are going to get shocked when they download our app and go scanning and see how much our poor cousin over in the <laughs> over the ditch owns. You know, I, like I said, I grew up in the hardware industry. They they run our hardware industry. Most of the stuff that's in your local Mitre 10 store, your Bunnings, you know, the, it's all New Zealand owned. We don't own it anymore. It's all gone. So is, is, is there cl- clever, clever people, a lot of clever businesses, um, you know, in, in tech, in, um, you know, agriculture, they, uh, you know, the honey industry, <laughs> to name yeah, another. Yeah. Um, well, you, we've got to look we've got to start questioning the structure we've got and why is it disadvantageous or why aren't people willing to set up or, you know, do a business in Australia? Mm. Yeah, and if you do, they're aiming to sell it off to a foreign company because they'll pay over the odds for it. And you've got to work you've got to try and work out why and you've got yeah. to try and fix that problem. Well it and it goes it goes pretty deep. Um I deal in my day to day business I deal with a lot of small business owners and typically at the point where they're thinking about um, selling because of retiring normally, but sometimes to go and have a break and do something else. But you know, I I, I really am concerned with you know the who's coming through as the next generation of business small business owner, not want to be um, a, you know a, a gazillionaire, um, you know, which is all fine if that's what you want to do. But you know, there seems there, there seems to be a like a big gap between. Um, the safe route to, you know, a nice paid job um, at one end of the spectrum, which is fine also, uh, being a, you know, a billionaire tech entrepreneur and then just running and making a living and uh, doing a good job uh, of managing a small business that, that serves the market and serves it well. Um, you know, I, I really I don't know where a lot of these businesses that are, Already in existence, pretty often pretty unglamorous, but solid. Could certainly deal with some energy, but I, I just I'm not sure who's going to buy them. And and so I think to your point, you know, there's what are the you know if you go right back into uh, school school age children, what are the you know what are their uh, career paths and you know what are the uh, what what's the education around ownership of a business as an option. Um, anyway, that's um, yeah. I, I don't ever recall getting taught that at school. I think it's something that's you know you've either got, you know you've either got to have parents or aspire and 
you know, see a, see a role model that you want to aspire to to take that path. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the role yeah. model. So, I mean, I've, I do. I also, I've, I've worked with a lot of um, outgoing owners who have said, I wouldn't want my kids to do that. I'd much rather them, you know, to go and do a university degree and become a whatever. And so, um, but you know, the, the role model things. There's a, you know, quietly, there's a lot of great. Um, businesses out there just do, you know they just tick away they they could be bigger they could be different and better could grow faster but you know what's important I think there is that there are these owners who who know what they're after out of their business and I think that's incredibly powerful to be able to say sure even a consultant came in here uh, there's there's a hundred things they could do to you know change it make it more profitable but I think being um, in tune with what you want out of the business is is you know it's a pretty kind of sound basis on which to to uh, to apply some of those um, you know or, or to filter some yeah. of the, the decisions you're going to make about whether you do or don't want to you know grow faster or I think that's all the case in a lot of things if you're doing it to please someone else you're not enjoying it <laughs> so. yeah yeah fair so so it's good good. Um, opportunity to talk about about you and your business so you what what's what is a a week or let's maybe make it a bit more granular what's a day like at the moment trying to get a business with this sort of scope and and an agenda up um what are the what are the challenges you you have what's a day look like well at the moment my one of my biggest challenges is getting heard or known about because, like I said, for two years I've probably been sitting in an office or home, you know, looking at a computer screen, sorting out data, trying to work out structures of how to get this app to work and and all the things we want to do do off of that and haven't really gone out too far pushing what I'm doing. So this week, I've got an interesting week this week. I've... uh, got today and tomorrow had today in the office and tomorrow in the office uh wednesday i'm off to sydney i'm doing a meet the press master class to uh package up myself to let the media know what i'm doing yep so on thursday and friday that's two-day uh course i think day one from what i understand is you know learning you know what the media want you know how to frame my story so they understand what it is and to see if I can capture the attention of that. So um, yeah, my next you know, month or two, apart from trying to get some funding in and uh, get our get our you know, app launched, our preparations for our crowd equity crowdfunding up and running and and all of that is to get our name known and, and get people to understand who we are, what we're about and what we're going to do. Mm. Uh, so that's yeah, so that's so yeah, it sounds just looking like at this week it's it's an interesting yeah. week yeah so has uh, you've been um we're all able to move around some more now and and get back to some of those um more, you know face to face things you know call it business development call it you know uh networking um but are you are you as a you've been doing a lot of that grunt work yourself um but you also sound to me like someone who's pretty passionate about what they so would with, with the right guidance would be a great advocate and a great salesperson for, you know, for, for what you're trying to build and, and achieve here. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of fun the next, yeah, I think I'm in the, I'm in the part where I want to see, you know, the, the rubber hit the road, get this app, app launched, get people to recognise what we're doing, get, you know, get it all up and running. You know, the, it's always fun. You sort of go up and down with what you're doing. You sort of get all keen and then you get kicked in the guts a few times. You, you know, the money gets a bit tight. You've got to find some more money to keep the keep the dream going. You know, it's an endless, endless story. But yeah. uh, like I said, we're very close at the moment. We've got everything just about ready to go. We've got to, you know, we've got to find some people to believe in us and uh, put some dollars in, understand yeah, the the significance of what we're doing, but also, yeah, most of these things, you know, if people do things out of just you know something you want to do, we've got a good business behind this. Yeah, we're we're going to introduce a nationwide loyalty program to back this up. Yeah, you know, it's not just the app; it's also teaching you, and that's to include not only your suppliers. It'll be a like a coalition based loyalty platform 
which suppliers and retailers can both use to uh, encourage people to sort, seek out Australian-owned products and uh, and the like, but also for service businesses. So we'll include, you know, we want to teach people to look for the look for our logo on the front of the door, and if you go in there, there'll be you know benefits and uh, and that that you'll get for you know some rewards for shopping and uh, you know supporting locally owned business yeah it's a it's okay. um yeah well power to you but um i i i wanted just to keep to go back a, a little bit because you know small business banter is all about encouraging people into business or yep. or you know getting more from their business not necessarily more profit it, you know it, it, it be more fulfillment is are, you know viable or or meaningful you know outcomes of having a business so you, you're got, you know, you're got a, you're on this uh, climbing a couple of mountains, you know, to to build the thing and then to sell, you know, sell the thing. So uh, you're going through um, process of, uh, you know, you know, looking to raise some money. What at a um, the structure of the business to support you? You've got, I think you've got an advisory board, or you've got a team of. Yeah, I've got I've got a board. Uh, I've got four people uh, on my board. From a couple of different backgrounds, I've uh, got uh, Colin Shearing, who was the uh, used to be the CEO of the Independent Retailers Association, so he's got a good feel for the retail side of things. Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of business advisors that I've previously used that uh, have been good to me, giving me good advice and keeping me on track. Yeah, and I've got Wayne Irvine, who owns. Um, a service business here in uh, in Adelaide, fairly big concern, mm. uh, and he's also invests in a few startups. So got him on board to give us some guidance, and they've been invaluable. Yeah, they've they sort of guided me to do the smaller raise and get myself sorted out as far as uh, you know getting everything ready to go rather than go for the big. Big crowdfunding and the pressure straight yeah. away of, of doing right. that. So, so and that's, not feeling that's like you're good. on your own either. I mean, you you know, it's it's a it is a uh, it can be an incredibly lonely. Yeah, uh, starting a business or running a business doesn't really matter. It's, uh, so you need that uh, you need some trusted people around you to to support. Yeah, feel like you're supported. Especially when you're a pre-revenue startup, it can be very lonely, and you you look at your bank account occasionally and things like that, and it's it sort of does get a bit down on you. You're wondering, hang on, what am I doing this for? And you know, when when can I get it started? So, uh, you know, that's also things that you know help to talk through with the board and get some guidance and uh, yeah, you know, and all of that. So you can't you can't you could do worse than have some people around you that are, understand what you're going through and help you help you with it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, look, we we all we all need that, you know. And um, got sometimes you got to ask for it. Doesn't doesn't really just uh, present itself easily. So you know, you've set up a, a structure that is you know um, to support and guide and probably you know guide you through some areas of the you know notwithstanding all your pretty diverse business ownership experience, you're going to go you know going through a, a process of raising money is. Um, not something you know everyone's gone through, and there are some uh, you know there's it's 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 another you know job on top of another job on top of another job. Yeah, I got I've lost count of what jobs I'm doing at the moment. I've got that many I'm juggling. Yeah, and it's hard. You sort of I don't know if I've ever completed anything. You sort of feel like you're eighty percent through it, and something else is yelling at you that it needs attention, and you're trying to you're trying to keep everything going at once. I've got. Uh, you know, a couple of staff at the moment that are helping out. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to have a couple more for now. And uh, you know, with the crowdfunding, when we get that done, then that'll be a lot more. And yeah, you know, that's when everything will come to life yeah. as we want, as you know, as I want it to. Yeah, look, it feel, you know, look, it feels to me like that the timing's good. There is there is a mood to for for all sorts of good reasons. Um, not 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 the least of which is just to you know, have local businesses more successful, employing people, training people, paying their their fair share of their taxes, you know, for services here. So, you know, as we said way back at the beginning, and none, neither of us are tax experts, but that feels pretty much like a good, you know, a good plan. And um, 
we need, uh, you know, we need to, you know, I think in your case, you're trying to start with making it easier for consumers to help by. Um, yeah, well, there's when you talk to people, you know, one of the common things you hear all the time is, you know, the government should do something about it. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't, I can't recall this last time the government did something, you know, and that's why our, our mod, you know, our tagline of how you shop matters, that's implicit in that because unless we start seeking out the products and asking retailers to stock Australian-owned products, we're not going to get it. You know, the the government's not going to fix this unless we become a squeaky wheel and say this is what we want. We want it. You know, you want the government to support it. It's not going to happen. It's just yeah, going to yeah. continue down where it is. Yeah. No. It's a, it's going to be like a, you know. It's, in, in this case, it's going to be. You presenting, you know, get, get some funding, um, and uh, and then let you know, hopefully get some consumers to start really engaging a bit more, leading to you know the good outcomes we've spoken about. So, um, we're we're coming up nearly to the end of our time, Michael. I I wanted to just do a couple of things. Um, thank you for coming in. I and I, I you know, I'm sure those that are listening also, you know. Well, I uh, wish you the best on, you know, it's a big undertaking but an important one, so, you know, power to you for that. Um, if they wanted, if people wanted to reach out to you, what can you just give us, the you know, the website or, or the social media handles and then, you know, we can leave it with them to, to find you? Yeah, well, the website's pretty easy. It's uh, bringbackaustralia.app, A-double-P. Uh, the social media is... Uh, we have a Facebook page under Bring Back Australia. Uh, we've got a Facebook group which we've started, uh, which is called Australian Owned is Better. Um, there's a couple of other. There's LinkedIn again, Bring Back Australia on LinkedIn. So right. there's enough. We'll, there's we'll, enough places to find us. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll put that up uh, on the on the show notes when it when it goes uh, on the radio and onto the podcast. So. Um, Michael Jurion from Bring Back Australia, thank you very much for your time. Uh, as I said, go well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. I continue to be inspired bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. If you want to listen to any past episode, jump onto your podcast platform of choice and search Small Business Banter. There you will find a diverse and fascinating collection of small business owners and experts openly discussing and sharing their experiences. For any of the links, resources, or information we've talked about on the show today, or to contact me, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And it would be great to have you tune in the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.